continue to pray for Pastor for the needs that he has. And uh, I, I, I know what it's like when you want to be in your own pulpit. And uh, it's an honor to be here. And uh, I pray that you pray for him for strength. And I know he'll push all, as hard as he can to get here, but I don't want him to come so quick that he gets down worse down the road and take care of him. Uh, his birthday is the 20th. We'll have a receiving line that following Sunday. You see, Brother Farber, we have receiving lines all the time. The Bible's very clear to give honor who honor is due. And folks, you can't take care too well of the man of God, all right? And, and we need to realize the importance of that. I, I don't think anybody in here would say anything about it, but uh, it, just in case, hit a reset button. That's our pastor. We need to take care of him and meet needs for him. 46 years old. That's hard to believe. My, my oldest turns 45 this year. So... Uh, uh, I guess that means we're getting old and working with that. And uh, I feel like, you know, I find out being old isn't for sissies. I feel like a sissy right now. Right? And being old is rough. And uh, my, my wife's had battled uh, what the doctors thought was cancer twice, and we prayed, and God took care of it and got rid of it. I battled it, and uh, they had to cut it out and work everything else. So we'll see how good my wife's prayers are this morning uh, on, on my back, all right, and uh, we'll see what will happen with that. You say, it could be a very short sermon. Yeah, it could be, but then the Lord just gives strength, and we could be here till 2 o'clock in the afternoon and go with that. So we'll see how it goes. Joshua chapter 1, one of my favorite books of the Bible, and I say that kind of crazy because every book in the Bible is one of my favorites, and, but uh, let's look at Joshua chapter 1. It says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, I bet the Catholics have problems with that now. Uh, he was the son of a nun. Uh, Moses' minister saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. He said, Brother Father, why do you have to announce that to, to Joshua? Because remember, God took Moses and buried him himself. See? So it wasn't, they didn't have a big ceremony and, and, and for the children of Israel and all that was going on. And so God tells Moses, he, he, or Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Uh, now, therefore, arise, go over uh, this Jordan, Thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Basically, God says, same instructions I gave you earlier. We remember the children of Israel disobeyed. They didn't follow what God had for them to do. And he says, this is what I want you to do. You're going over there. God, God, do you ever realize God doesn't change us? He's the same yesterday, today. And forever. There wasn't rules for the, this group and rules for this group. God's the same. Whosoever will, let him come. He'll give eternal life. God's the same. Let's go ahead. Look in verse 4, if you would. From the wilderness uh, and to this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea towards going down to the sun, shall be your coast. Thou shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. What a promise. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. And watch this theme now as we see the next three, four verses. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses thy servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. We see that phrase, 
Be very courageous. Be strong and of good courage. I want to speak this morning on take courage. Take courage. Father, help us to love you, serve you, be faithful to you. I pray that you'd use me, hide me behind the cross, Father. May Christ be lifted up and glorified. And Father, we pray for those that without Christ, they trust him as Savior. And we that are saved, may we draw closer to you, love you more, and want to be more like you in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. You've got to understand the situation Joshua is in. Joshua has been the assistant to Moses. Joshua never turned around and said, one day I can't wait to take Moses' place. I can't wait for Moses to die that I'll be the leader. Look who me. And by the way, anybody that wants to go into leadership or be a leader with that purpose in mind usually never becomes a good leader. It's always, oh, Jesus said the servant is greatest of all. And Joshua was a faithful servant. Whatever Moses needed, he was there. He stayed as close to him as he could. Times that he went up and, to speak with God, Joshua got just as close as he could without crossing that barrier and working with that. Uh, he cared for the needs of Joshua, but now he got the word. Uh, jo uh, Moses is dead, and he said, now you're the leader. You're in charge. And you can tell he had some battles with this thing because God over and over again says, be strong and of good courage. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Uh, don't, get, get going. You'll be all right. And the, the promise, as I was with Moses, the past, I will be with you, the present. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. All right? uh, the future, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we need to realize if we're going to learn from Joshua and some things on this, as we look at other Bible characters, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't get depressed, Joshua. God's still alive. Don't get discouraged, Joshua. God says, I'm with you. Don't worry about it. Yeah, 40 years ago, remember, you and Caleb went across. You came back and said, yep, there's giants in the land. They're all over the place. Ten voted no, let's don't go. And with a bad report, and the children of Israel chose not to. Do you ever realize that Joshua and Caleb didn't have any contemporaries now? They're the ones that lived another 40 years and worked with that. By the way, the giants, I'm sure, continued to grow in the land. There were more of them now than there were 40 years ago. But God turns around and says, God, Joshua, be of good uh, be of good cheer. He doesn't say be of good cheer. That's what he told, he told uh, Paul there on the, on the, uh, in the storm. Be of good cheer. It'll work out. But Joshua, you've got a journey to take. And you need to realize in taking that journey, God is going to be with you. Be of good cheer. How do you, how do you, how do you go on and say, I'm going to keep going? How can you continue to keep going, uh, having that courage? Psalms 40 and verse 5 says, Many, O Lord, my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward, that they cannot be reckoned unto, up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, there are more that can be numbered. Do you realize God's thinking about you? Before he ever created this world, he knew of mankind. In fact, my Bible says that even before the foundations of the world, the cross of Calvary and all that was set forth and Jesus dying for us on that cross was already established because God's eternal. He's not bound by time. And, and that kind of messes with us because we got a watch, we got a calendar, we know this is going on, this is going, pastor's got a birthday coming up, all this, we're bound by calendar. God's eternal. We find it in the book of Revelation when John looked, and he said, and I looked and I saw and he saw things in the past. I looked and I beheld and then there's things in the future because in heaven it's eternity. And stop and realize that God has precious for us. But God thinks about us. Psalms 139, 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. You stop and realize God thinks about you. 
God put everything else on autopilot. The stars are where they ought to be. I know scientists says that star you see is probably already burned out because it's so many million light years away and all this kind of stuff. Uh, God's got it all taken care of. In fact, the stars are something when he made creation. You read that in Genesis, and he made the stars also. He just said, all right, let's put a bunch of those. Let's, let's, let's paint the sky with some stars. We've got a big God, and he can take care of things. But to realize that he thinks about us, everything else is on autopilot. God thinks about me. Uh, uh, old gospel song, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. Uh, I, I like the song, but it wasn't just when he was on the cross were on his mind. The Bible says, that the, uh, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for me because God thinks about me. Jesus shed his blood for me because God thinks about me. By the way, not just for me, but for you too. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If you're here this morning, God loves you. You're here, yeah, Jesus cared, died for you. He shed his blood for you. And if you've never trusted him as his savior, the Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. It's not a few, a few that he said, oh, I'll pick these good ones out. But then, oh, there's Sally. Let's leave him out. We don't want to mess with Brother Sally. No, no God died for every one of us. And rejoice in that. That God died. You say, but Brother Farmer, you don't know what I've done and where I've been and what's happened like that. But God does because he thinks about us. Right. And he provides eternal life for whosoever will. And I'm glad over 57 years ago I became one of those whosoever wills Amen. and trusted Jesus as my Savior. How, how do you do it, though, when you, you stop and think of all that's going on and the battles that are going on and things that are happening? Take courage. God's in control. I think of some of the Bible characters. I remember, da uh, you, you think about David. And everybody thinks King David, he was anointed as king as a lad. And he tried to serve God, but he finds himself running from Saul. We saw that last week when Pastor preached about the, uh, sent forward my mail to the, uh, the, the cave Abdullah. All right, what a message. All right, and realize that David was, was being pursued. He was in exile. He becomes king finally. And then we find him running from his son. Because his son rebels against him, Absalom. And remember, Shimei cursed him and throwing dust at him and whatever. And David just keeps on going. He buries a child. Because of his disobedience, God part judgment. How do you keep on going? I think David turns around and says, wait a minute, you don't know my God. You don't know my God. He says, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If you look in the Bible and find time and time again, the word remember. I looked it up, I think it was like 114 times. Remember. Remember. You remember the, the pastoral epistles of Timothy and Titus? Paul constantly reminds the, the, those preacher boys, put them in remembrance. Put them in remembrance. You go to the, the, the Peter and, and his epistles, remind them. Remember. You know why God tells us to remember? Because we forget. We forget. We forget the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. We forget God's blessings on us. We take our eyes off of how good God is and remember how good he is and we place them down here and say, well, you don't know the battles I have, Brother Farber. You don't know the problems I have. I mean, you could be like a Daniel that was thrown in a den of lions because he was faithful to God. You could be like Daniel that was betrayed by his, his, his comrades, so to speak, or the, his fellow workers because he prayed and trusted God. They plotted against him. He stands alone. But David, I think, could stand just like he could take courage because he had a God that, that thinks about him all the time. How precious are, also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. 
Oh, he says, you don't, know how, you don't know my God. And you know the problem is? Most folks don't know how great God is because they're too busy looking at the problems that they have and think, boy, it's just rough down here. We're battling these things. I said earlier, getting old is not for sissies. But wait a minute. Uh, I like that song we sang, where we'll never grow old. That's, that's my theme song, all right? I'm looking forward to heaven. Uh, I, I, can't, I, I, don't know, I can't wait to get there. I'm not going to jump out in front of a train and see if I can beat somebody else there. But, but to realize we've got a place that God's got prepared for us. Why does he have that place prepared for us? Because he thinks about us. <laughs> because he wants to fellowship with us. He made us to fellowship with him. You stop and think of how good God is. Take courage. I think of Joseph, one of my favorite Bible characters, my favorite Old Testament character. He was forsaken by his brothers and sold into slavery. <laughs> what a nice brother. You, you thought you had some mean kin folks, all right? They hadn't sold you into slavery yet. All right? they, 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 he, he left his mother and father behind. Once he's there, he's still, watch his life. He's still faithful to God, still serving God. Gets promoted up, and all of a sudden he's lied about and thrown into prison. But he became the best prisoner there and taking care of things. He was promoted from the prison to the palace. You say, well, boy, how could he keep going? Because he remembers there's a God that's always thinking about him. He could take courage because he said, my, my, my God will take care of it. And the things that God had planned for him all worked out, and he ends up second in command of all of Egypt and keeps his family alive. All right? The rest of most folks would turn around and say, boy, now's my chance to get revenge on my brothers that sold me into slavery. But he said, God meant all this for good. Take courage. Stop and realize how good God is and what he's done for you. I think the Apostle Paul, shipwrecked, stoned. You say, but he was a rascal before he got saved. He was a rascal after he got saved. He spent most of his time in jail because he was taking a stand and serving God. But he stood strong. And people lied about him, beaten, forsaken, shipwreck. Paul, how'd you make it? How can you take courage about all the things that went on? He said, oh, wait a minute. You don't understand. I was a sinner on my way to hell. I was doing all I can to persecute the church and to kill anyone that talked about Jesus. But I met him on the road to Damascus one day, and I found out he truly is King of kings and Lord of lords. And I said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? And he trusted Christ as his Savior, and he gave every ounce of energy he had serving God the rest of the days of his life. Oh, listen, you need to take courage and stop and realize how good God is. Do you remember the day you trusted Christ as your Savior? Do you remember the day that you bowed your heart before God and said, God, listen, I'm, I'm just a sorry sinner. I'm on my way to hell, and I don't deserve it. I remember it. Oh, just as clear as today. And I rejoiced in that time that somebody cared enough about me to tell me that God does love me, that there is a place called hell. I knew about it. My parents talked about it all the time, told a lot of folks to go there. All right? But I, I realized that I, I was headed that way because of my sins. And I trusted Jesus as my Savior. Oh, listen, let me tell you how good God is. He said, Brother Farber, would he save me? He says, whosoever will, he'll save you if you but trust him. He'll give you eternal life. He said, will it make you perfect? In God's eyes, it'll make you perfect. But you still got this robe of flesh to battle with. You'll still have problems where some folks get discouraged and they get down. But let me, let me tell you, just like he told jo uh, uh, Joshua, uh, be strong and of good courage. I'm with you. Just like I was with Moses, I'll be with you. You say, well, Brother Farber, those are old Bible characters. The things are different with them. They're just different. Oh, they are different. But God's the same. Right. <laughs> Yesterday and today and forever. I remember as a teenager reading a passage where it said, God's no respecter persons. Well, I read that and I said, oh boy, I'm going to have fun. If he did it for David, he'll do it for me. 
If he did it for Joshua, he'll do it for me. You say, Brother Farber, you really believe that? Well, I, I believe in a God that can take care of everything and do everything. And I can testify over all these years that I've had the joy of trying to serve him. What he's done for them, he'll do for me. As he never said he'd never leave them, he'd never leave me. He'll walk with me, he'll walk with me. Walk with them, he'll walk with me. He was faithful to them, he's faithful to me. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. Take courage, rejoice, think of how good God is. you got battles in your life. I think some of our, our folks here, they've, they've lost their spouse just recently by death. We've got others that have lost their spouse because of separation. And you say, well, how do they make it? How do they keep going? How do you rear your children alone? How do you live alone? Mo uh, God was very truthful when he looked at Adam and said, it's not good for man to be alone. I told my wife, I said, I, I go first. You got to stick around. He didn't say it's not good for a woman to live alone. He said, it's not good for a man to live alone. I couldn't live without my wife. I mean, do you know how quiet the house is when she's gone? She's left me three or four times for little, short, bald-headed kids, all right, and all the grandkids. Right? And that house is quiet. You said, you wife talk a lot? I'm just saying the house is quiet, all right? <laughs> Guys, if we'll be honest, we couldn't live without them. It's a struggle without them. And they watch over us and take care of us and meet each need that we have. But you know what? Even if God would see, first to take, see, see fit to take them first, be of good courage. God knows exactly what he's doing. God never makes a mistake. I, 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 in counseling with folks and trying to help them, get them to realize God never messes up. God doesn't make a mistake. But Brother Robert, I don't understand this, or I don't understand that. It's not always for us to understand. The Bible says his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But I promise you, God never makes a mistake. He, you know, he made me just the way I am. Now, you may say he had a bad day. He may have, but he made me just the way I am. He, he brought, allowed me to grow up in the home that I grew up in. He said, what would you change if you had anything to change? I wouldn't change a thing. Because what God brought me through is what's made me what I am today. You say, but the things that happened and the, this and that. Yeah, I understand that. But God never makes a mistake. And so what do we have to do? Realize what God has given us. Be, good, be of good courage because how precious also are thy thoughts in the meal gone. If you'll sit down and just grasp that truth, he said, well, God must be awful busy in heaven. Yeah, he's thinking about you. <laughs> he's thinking about me. He said, but isn't he taking care of all the things around the world? He's got everything under control. But his thoughts are towards us. Because you realize when he made Adam, he made somebody that fellowship with him. Do you realize when Adam sinned and was cast out of the garden, it broke God's heart, not just because of sin, but he lost his person to fellowship with. He used to walk in the coolness of the garden with man, and they fellowshiped together. How long did that take place? I don't know. You read it in your Bible. It's about two pages. But we don't know how long they fellowshiped together in the garden. And God enjoyed that fellowship. But the fellowship was broken, and because God is a holy God and a just God, because of sin, he had to be separated. And because of sin... As he had already pronounced judgment on the devil, he'd be cast into hell because of sin. God in his justice had to say anybody else that sins has to be cast into hell. So God in his justice allows you to make a choice. Will I take the judgment that is already set out for sinners? Or he said, I'll go ahead and I'll pay that sin debt on Calvary. And God allowed his son to go to the cross of Calvary and pay for my sins and your sins. And truth is for the sins of the whole world. He who knew no sin, the Bible says, became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 
I don't deserve it. I remember after my daddy got saved and we were in North Carolina and he came down to visit with us. He stepped, pulled me aside. He said, son, I need to talk to you. He, he was dead about mid-50s then. And he pulled me in the living room and he said, I got a question for you. He said, I, I know that I'm saved. I know that God loves me. He said, but how could God love me enough to give his son for me? He said, son, I know what I am. He said, I've got three boys and a little girl, a daughter. He said, I couldn't give up any of my boys for anybody else. I said, well, Dad, I'm thinking of two of them. You could. But, you know, he said, I couldn't give up any of them. He said, how could God love me so much? I said, that's the difference between God and us. Because God loves. His love is above our love. And I said, God loved you so much. He said, I don't understand it. I said, Dad, we'll probably never understand God's love totally until we get to see him. And we get rid of this old robe of flesh where we want selfishness and me and I want all mine and everything. But one day we'll, we'll be with him forever in heaven. But I said, Dad, aren't you glad God did love you so much? That he allowed his son, his perfect sinless son, to go to the cross of Calvary and pay for you. But not just on the cross. The eternal one spent time in hell. For, for the eternal one to spend eternal damnation for us. Paid for my sins. And now Jesus can reconcile us. He can bring man and God together because the payment's already been made. Oh, listen, we have a wonderful, wonderful God. And to stop and realize he's thinking about you even now. And if you're here this morning without Jesus Christ, your Savior, he says, I've been thinking about you a long time, and that's why I gave my son for you, that you might have the opportunity to trust Christ as your Savior and receive eternal life. He said, Brother Farber, how, how do I keep going? Uh, just take courage. Take courage. How do, you, how do you go on? You say, I got some bad news. I've been to the doctor. I've got this. Been there, done that. Don't want the T-shirt. And all of a sudden you hear this has happened or my body's falling apart or this is going on. Take time to stop and think of God's blessings upon you. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. <laughs> Just, just back the truck up and let him load up the benefits, all right? Do, do you think of the benefits? Do you think of what God's done for you? I got saved at 12 and a half years old. I don't know what it's like to be drunk. I don't know what it's like to go smoke. I, I, if you put some marijuana or whatever in front of me, I wouldn't recognize it. I had to go ask, my wife's a, the, the, the medical field, I have to go ask her about all the drugs. Not that she's done them that I'm aware of, all right? But no, I, I don't know anything about it. Uh, I, I never had, it, had to deal with any of that. And I rejoice, and by the way, it doesn't make me any better than anybody else. God just kept me from those things. You know, that's a good benefit. I, 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 don't, I don't have to stop and say, well, my, my life was this. But when my kids started dating, I didn't turn around and, and they asked, started questions. And they said, well, what about, what about you and mom when you were, you were dating? We walked down the aisle, pure and spotless. We didn't have to turn around and hang our heads out. Don't, don't do like we used to do. But realize no matter what you've ever done in your life. He said, Brother Farber, I wish my life could be like that. You heard Pastor say the other day, he said he got saved as a young man. You know, I guess stealing cookies was the worst thing he ever did or whatever. Uh, but rejoice that you don't have those things. But wait a minute, if you've lived a life of drugs or alcohol or sin after sin after sin after sin, as Brother Fox said in the Sunday school lesson, it doesn't make any difference what sin it is. It's all, it's all sin that will send you to hell. 
whether it's telling the white lie or the big lie or whatever goes on, sin is sin. The Bible says we're guilty of one point in law, we're guilty of the whole law. And that's what sends us to hell. But wait a minute, you don't have to go there. Let me reword that. Sin doesn't send you to hell. Rejecting Jesus Christ will send you to hell. God says, I've got a gift for you. It's free. It's eternal life. Would you trust it? All you have to do is take the gift. Now, I don't know about your house at Christmas time, but at our Christmas time, we have gifts under the, the tree. Well, we did when kids were there. Now that we're old, it's too, it's too far down to pick it up. We set it up a little bit higher. All right? But... Uh, I'm being realistic, all right? That's the way it is. Uh, or I just check my credit card and see what it was, you know, and what's going on. But you stop and realize that the gift's there. But if I looked under there and, and it said there's a gift for Dad, my, my daughter bought me something or one of my boys bought me something or whatever, and I said, boy, that's great. Look at there, I got a gift for me. And I set that gift up on my, my, the arm of my recliner, and I said, thank you, I appreciate that. But I don't open it up. That gift doesn't do me a bit of good. God says, I've got a gift for you. It's eternal life. The gift's there. By the way, your name's on it. It says, whosoever. Who's whosoever? That means all of us, anyone in the world. That gift is there. All we have to do is receive it. He said, well, I got the gift. I know it's there. That's great. Well, what's that gift that God has? It says, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That gift is something that you open it up and you receive it unto yourself. What do you do? You trust Christ as your personal Savior. And he says he'd give you eternal life. Well, where do you go when you have eternal life? You get to go to heaven, <laughs> that place where we'll never grow old. Uh, you get a new body, a glorified body. All your sins will be forgiven. Everyone, they're put under the blood of Jesus Christ. If God looks at your record after you've received that gift, eternal life, he doesn't see all the things. You say, well, when I get to heaven, I'll have to hang my head and say, God, I'm so sorry. No, you take care of that right now. And you tell him you're sorry about it, and he wipes it clean. And he looks at your record now if you've trusted Christ and he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He said, boy, I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm going to find out all that Chris Fox did. You can go look all through heaven. You can't find it. All right? And boy, did God get rid of a lot of them. No, I mean, you stop and realize that all that God's done for us, none of us are perfect. We're just forgiven because of what Christ has done for us on Calvary. Take courage. Saved child of God. Take courage. Stop and realize the blessings. Psalms 103 is one of my first several verses. One of my, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forgot, forget not all his benefits. And he lists some of them. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. <laughs> Man, you can just rejoice and shout and have a good time. God's forgiven all my sins. You say, but what, what about the ones nobody else knows about, only God knows about? He doesn't know them anymore. The Bible says they're buried in the sea of God's forgetfulness. Now, that doesn't mean we have a license of sin and go do all kinds of things wrong. See, something happened to me when I was a teenager and trusted Christ as my Savior at 12 and a half, about 17 years old. Well, maybe back about 15 years old, I fell in love with my dad. You say, well, that's a strange thing. He was my dad, and I always loved him. But before that, I did what he told me to do because I was scared to death he was going to whip me. And I remember the last whipping I got. And I saw the tears coming across his face, down his cheeks. And I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, you'll never whip me again. And it wasn't out of, boy, you ain't going to whip me again, boy. I'm getting big boy now. I saw his heart broken. My wife will tell you to this day, if my dad needs something, asks for something, anything you do, I want to honor him, I want to help him, I'll do for him. 
And I remember I was 17 years old when I gave my life totally and completely to Christ and surrendered to him. I fell in love with my Savior. <laughs> Ain't nothing he wants that I don't want to try to do for him. I'm dead serious. If I find in this book God says I need you to do this or whatever, I'd do everything within my power to do it. Because you're a great guy? No. No, I realize how much he loved me. I realize what he's done for me on the cross of Calvary. And he can't stop and realize I get to serve him. He said, I'll let you be my mouthpiece and tell others what Christ has done for you. I don't want to forget the benefits. He's forgiven all my iniquities. The Bible says he healeth all our diseases. He redeemeth thy life from destruction. Stop and think about that a while. What would your life be without Christ? I, I kind of figure out what mine would be. I know what my family grew up with and like, where I was headed. He redeemeth my life from destruction. <laughs> I've got some scars, but that's because do doctors cut into me. <laughs> or I was stupid and ran into something or whatever. But I don't, I, I, I don't have to say, well, I've got scars of this and that and whatever. I'm almost 70 years old. Some guy there says, I thought you were 55. I handed him my glasses and said, look again. <laughs> got a lot of miles on me, but you know what? God's kept me from a lot of problems and things. The Bible says he crowneth us with loving kindness and tender mercies. We've got a good God. Need to trust him. Take courage. I don't care what you're going through, child of God. Take courage. Just as he was with Moses, Joshua, he'll be with you. <laughs> and he'll not leave you through the rest of the fight. And just as he was with Moses, he'll be with you, child of God. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He'll take care of you. But if you're here this morning, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. He wants to give you eternal life. It's a gift. You can either accept it or reject it. It's that simple. I've sat and talked with folks many times. They say, oh, Brother Farber, that's what I need. Preacher, that's what I need. Boy, I need to do that. I said, won't you trust him today? And many have said, yes, I will. And they bowed their head and trusted Christ as Savior. But some turn around and say, not now, not today. You know why they'll spend eternity in hell if that's their last word about the salvation? Because they say, God, I don't want it. Any, any person that goes to hell is an imposter or, or, and is going there is against the will of God. God's not willing that you go there. That's for the devil and his enemies. You go to the book of Matthew, it'll tell you that. It was created for the devil and his angels. But if you go there, it's because you choose to follow the same path that the devil did, and that's reject God and what he had for you. Eternal life is yours. Every head bowed, every eye closed.